everyone and welcome to the writing desk. I'm very excited uh, for having you here in the second episode of this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today and um, you have no idea how much it means to me. And today I am gonna be talking about a few things. I figured out a way to organize a podcast and I'm gonna have a section where I'm gonna tell you what I'm reading right now. I'm also gonna have a section where I am gonna talk to you about which uh, step I am on in my writing process. And then we're also gonna have an item of the week, which can be um, a book, a song, a poem, a word, maybe some news or something that has caught my attention and that I think you guys might enjoy. Um, so let's get started with that. So first of all, what am I reading today or right now? So this is a long and complicated question because as of right now, I am reading two books. I am reading um, The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt and I am reading another book called How to Make Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Um, the reason I, I usually don't like to read two books at the same time, my my brain is not big enough for that. I get, I feel like I don't, I don't get anywhere with either book. So I prefer just to read one book at a time. But the reason why I'm reading two books at a time this time is because I had started a reading club with my mom and my sisters. And one of my sisters, she proposed uh, for us to read this book and How to Make Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And that's why, amongst other things, that's why I haven't finished either of them. And the reason why I have two books going on at the same time. Lately, I haven't been having much progress on my reading either because I was being a beta reader for uh, an online uh, friend and she's also a writer and she sent me her manuscript for me to read and give her my honest opinion, maybe give her some of the things that she could work on. And it's, uh, it's it was a very nice experience because um, she also helped me to be being a better reader for my manuscript. She is a very nice lady and I am very happy to have met her. And that's why I haven't had a lot of progress in my reading. Um, the Goldfinch, it was uh, the Pulitzer Prize uh, a few years ago and I know it has a movie. I have been keeping myself away from it because I am the kind of person that cannot watch a movie or the series prior to reading a book. I like to have my own idea of the characters in my mind to kind of imagine how they look, how they talk before um, having uh, a picture telling me how do they look. I prefer to have this comparison because I feel that once you have watched the movie, there are a lot of ideas and concepts that have been implanted in your head and I feel like your imagination doesn't fly as high as it would have the other way. So that's what I am reading now. Um, as you know, the goldfinch is a very big boy. So I feel it's gonna take me a while to finish that. 
And for the other book, my reading club or my book club book, um, I think we're gonna finish that in probably two months, pretty much because every time we meet uh, on Skype to talk about the book, we just end up gossiping and then we never finish talking about what we should have talked about. But anyways, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you guys have a book club, please let me know what you guys are reading. What did you enjoy reading with other people? What are good books to um, share in a book club? Because once we're done with this book, I'm gonna need other options for us to read. Okay, so that now that you know what I'm reading right now, I'm gonna talk to you about where am I in my writing process? So, as I've told you in my intro um, episode, I am an emerging writer. I am a native Spanish speaker and I am trying now to write in English because I am living in Canada and I feel like I'm gonna be here for a long while and I want to make a writer career for myself and therefore, I need to write in English. That's why I am trying to develop my English writing. It, it has been very hard, mostly because I am very insecure and I want everything to be perfect. I want everything to sound um, casual and as if uh, an English speaking person would say uh, the things that I'm writing, you know, um, and that's why I go back and forth in editing and revising and doing research and all that stuff. I also want to tell you a little bit about the history of this manuscript, just so you have the whole picture. So it all started, what is it now? Almost two years ago. Shoot, I am a very slow writer. But okay, besides that, <laughs> you might understand me if you guys struggle with the same thing, you might understand how things sometimes get in the way, sometimes you are not ready to write. Writing can be a martyrdom too. Uh, but, oh well. So it all started around two years ago. And after we moved here to Canada, I had been working as a chemical engineer because I had just graduated from school and that's what you do. You work in the same field and that's what I was doing back home. But when we moved here, I knew that I wasn't happy with what I was doing before and I knew that I wanted to change and that I, I knew that I wanted to find the thing that really really made me happy so that's how I started to paint I my mom she is a painter she gives painting lessons and painting has always been somehow a part of my life um, and I used to do it in a not amateur but almost amateur way like I know how oil paints work and acrylics work and um, watercolor and brushes and a lot of this stuff and I you know painting was something that really called me art is something that has always called me so I felt like I wanted to give it a try. I felt like I wanted to be a painter and be able to express myself and say things and try to give important messages to the world. And that's when I started to paint. I did some workshops and I, I 
dedicated a lot of time to painting. I dedicated a year to painting, to doing research and trying to better my technique, trying to find uh, new mediums and stuff. But then one day I decided that I was just pushing myself and I noticed that I wasn't really enjoying it. I was feeling very, very pressured and I felt like I couldn't see myself doing that forever. I felt like I wasn't able to express myself the way I wanted to and that my paintings weren't talking to me the way that I wanted or that I thought art had to talk to you being the creator or the artist. So I stopped doing that and um, through all of this year I was very very depressed guys. I Whew, I feel very, very un insecure. I doubted and second-guessed myself a lot. I felt like I wasn't good at nothing. And I felt like once I had painted, uh, I once I had failed painting, I was gonna fail at everything. It was very hard for me to find a place here in Canada as a person, as an immigrant, as a artist, as a just a young woman and I stopped doing everything I would just go to work and I I had a customer service job which in retail which you know sucks at the times and doesn't really help with your self-esteem and stuff and that was me for a while and through all my uh, through all my career, all my university years, I kind of stopped reading um, literature because, um, you know, university, you get very busy, gets you very busy with uh, assignments and, um, I don't know, essays. And in my case, I had a lot of lab um, assignments too and papers to give and, I don't know, university is a lot of work. So I feel like I kind of stopped reading through all of those years. And I would read one or two books here and there, but it wasn't um, in the same rhythm as I was used to read before. Like uh, since I was a kid until I was in high, high school, I was always reading something. I have always been a very avid reader and books are like my favorite thing. But I felt like for a while, I forgot about that, about myself. I forgot how much I enjoyed that part of me. And once I finished all this painting phase, I didn't know what to do with my life. I thought like, hey, um, this engineering um, thing is not working for me. This painting thing is not working for me. Who am I? Who am I if I don't have something to do? Who am I if I don't have a profession that moves me or that drives me to to excel, to get better? Who am I if I don't have something to give to the world? And as I said, I was very, very depressed. And it was then that I started to read again. I didn't have much money to buy books. And then um, I found a book, somebody gave me a book that was for free and I started reading and at the beginning I left it aside, I put it aside and didn't finish it but then I 
I don't know why I came back to it and I started to read in my commute from the bus to work and then from work to home, to home again and I started to connect with myself again. I don't know if you've ever been through this or if this makes is making any sense to you but if you have ever been through a phase in your life when you kind of grow apart of all the things that you like to do it's almost as if you were getting apart from yourself, like losing contact with yourself. And sometimes you don't even realize. And I think that's what happened to me. For a longer time, I grew apart from the things that I liked doing because I was focused on the things that I had to do and the things that I felt that I, I had to do. And once all these crazy stuff happened and in all of in the amidst all of my depression i found books again or books found me if you if you may and once i started reading it was a way of connecting with myself again it was a way of remembering who i was and what are the things that really talk to me and the things that move me and the things that i enjoy so that's how I started reading again and then one crazy day and I didn't know what to do with myself <laughs> and I don't know the idea sparked in my head why don't I write a story and throughout my life I had like two ideas for a story and I thought like oh this would be great if somebody wrote about this and one of those was a uh, woman's jail but then hey, Orange is a New Black came around and, well, that was gone. But I still had this other idea. And I had never actually worked on it or anything. It was just there in the back of my head. And one, one day I said, hey, um, what if I write a story that I have been wanting to read, but I haven't been able to because I haven't seen anyone doing it. So that's how I started. I started in 2018, I think, in November, and ever since I've been writing. And first I wrote it in Spanish because um, it was a way for me to do homage of my culture, of my language, and also because um, it is an easier way for me to express myself. But then I took on the challenge of translating it to English and of teaching myself how to write in English um, how to how to use punctuation and find more synonyms and how to use a thesaurus and how to develop all of these tools that come when you write in a new language and it was it was and it is very hard for me I second guess myself a lot and I am very afraid also of telling the world that I want to be a writer I'm afraid people will make fun of me or will say, hey girl, we're never gonna make this. <laughs> so I still feel all of that and I still have to walk with that weight on my shoulders every day. But um, this is who I wanna be and this is what I am doing towards getting there. So right now I have a full written manuscript 
I have it written in Spanish and in English. I have had three people uh, doing some readings uh, for me. Three people have read it all and gave me their feedback. I've gone back to it, um, edited again, and um, took in account all of their feedbacks and their comments and tried it to make try I try to make it better in that sense and I edit it again. And now <laughs> this is a part of the pro uh, of the process that I've been dreading on so much. Here it comes a time where the real test and the real challenge comes in. And that is querying agents and trying to find someone to get interested in my manuscript and try to sell it to a publisher. Now, you're gonna tell me, Caro, why don't you just self-publish? Why don't you just go that way and save all the effort and save all the hassle? And I'm gonna say, you're totally right. That's a very, very reasonable thing to do and to advise someone, but I am, a very stubborn person <laughs> and I am also a people pleaser <laughs> so I feel like deep inside of me I want somebody else to recognize what I've done to say you know what I believe in you and I believe in what you're writing let's go with that and I recognize that probably there's still a lot of work left to do with this manuscript and I'm scared no one is gonna be interested in it. But I wanna put it to the test. I want to go through all the process and I want to test myself against the big, the big challenges. I want to go through all of this because it's more, more, it's not about it's not only about publishing, getting published or not. It's more about the pride I will take on myself of saying, you know what? I saw this challenge and I braced and I did research and I forced myself to learn all the things I didn't know and I faced it. If I make it or not, well, of course it matters because if I don't make it, I'm gonna be depressed for a while and then I don't know what am I gonna do and then of course I feel like I'm gonna have to pick it up again and write something else and all of that stuff but I have to try it you know you're never gonna know if you don't try it so for me the traditional publishing uh, method is what I want to do right now maybe in the future I won't maybe in the future I, I'm gonna be more comfortable with self-publishing and all that stuff but I want to do it also because I don't know anything about marketing like, I don't know anything about it and I feel like I don't have the time to completely learn about it so I can do it well myself. And if I'm honest, I want to, you know, give my baby to someone and say, hey, please help me take care of it. I don't know what to do. So I feel like that is why I am going with the traditional publishing. And that is where I am right now. My manuscript is finished. I feel like I've reached the limit of additions and revisions I can make with a sane mind. 
and I'm gonna try to query some agents now I'm gonna start my research I'm gonna start my query letter making progress and I'm gonna see how that goes so that's where I am standing in my writing process I'm really sorry for the for the very long explanation but I really wanted you to know where I'm standing right now and um, I have an item of the week and that I wanted to talk to you about and um, I think it's my favorite book. Everyone, every reader, every writer has a favorite book, if not, ma if not many favorite books. But today I want to talk to you about a book that changed my life forever, a book that made me fall more in love with words and stories and the way you can transmit feelings and sensations and ideas with a written word. Um, this book, of course, is La Tregua from Mario Benedetti, and in the name in English is The Truth, The Diary of Martin Santomé. Um, it's published by Penguin Random, and whew, what can I say about this book? It's just a very crude kind of book. It's not meant to be something that you will easily fall in love with, but you totally do, if you know what I mean. It's not too sweet, it's not too in your face. It's its method of making you fall in love with you is slow, it's steady, but it goes right to the core. <laughs> the truth is about a 49-year-old man called Martin Santomé. That's why um, it, it is, the book is called like that. Um, it is a written journal and throughout the book we learn about his life and the events that he goes through throughout a year. And he's about to get retired, he's an accountant. And just to keep in mind, this book was released in 1959. So even though it's an old book and it comes from an older generation, it's a book that for me is still very, very modern, very, very present in this moment. And it's something that it's still relevant. And I'll, you'll see why. So Martin Santomé is about to retire. He's misogynist, he's an homophobe, and he is a widower as well. He lives with his um, three children. They are all around 25 years old. And he is the kind of man that doesn't get very emotional. He's always trying to keep this idea of him very, very serious, that he's always confident and he doesn't care about women he feels like women we are stupid and then it's even worse when we have our periods and he feels he thinks that um homosexual people everything is wrong with them so at the beginning of this book this is where we start and then one day one perfect day one sweet day um the company that he works for, he hires three new people to work in the company. So the three of them are assigned to Martin Santomé and two of them are um, men and one of them, it's a woman, she is 23 years old and her name is Laura Avellaneda. And then this changes everything. Um, it is a story where you can see 
the slow change this man goes through towards falling, not even falling in love, towards finding love, towards finding affection, towards finding confidence and intimacy. Um, he falls in love with Laura, with Laura, and you can see him getting vulnerable, and you can see himself allowing himself to be vulnerable, which is something magical for me. For me, this is one of the things that are very revolutionary for the moment. He is a very traditional man allowing himself to be mistaken, to be wrong, to be mocked about. He allows himself to be all of that and just because he falls in love. Throughout the course of the book, um, you will find his thoughts, his memories, and you get a better idea of himself and you get a better idea of who he is and what his relationships are with other people, with pe uh, people from the past, his friends, how his own childhood and his own youth uh, was and how did he ended up being the man that he is at the moment, at the moment that he is writing his journal. And my favorite part is Laura. I think she changes everything for him. Laura, she is a very smart young woman which right away it's something that strikes him as different. He's like, whoa, women can be smart and women can be well-constructed and women can have a will and women can make decisions and women can have all of these things that he considered a woman not to possess. Um, he finds in, in Laura a companion. He found someone more than the lover. He founds in her someone with whom he can be his true self. Since she is so much younger, he she can understand things about him that other people in his past hasn't. She can understand how he is vulnerable, how he is feeling very insecure about his age. And we can see a transformation from the initial Martin Santomé and how he reaches the last point in the story where he is just vulnerable. That's the word. He reaches this point and we can see him with the aftermath of this love affair. We can see in this story how love can change things for real. And again, it's not a very in-your-face or very sweet story. There's, It's completely the opposite. It's a very crude and very simplistic, if not, maybe not simplistic, maybe just like a very humble way of putting things. I fell in love with La Tregua the first time I read it. And it's a book that I will never forget. I've read it four or five times already and I will continue to read. I feel like if you want to read one of the stories that changed you, or for me that's the way it was, for me it changed the way I perceive love, the way I perceive relationships, 
the way I've perceived change in oneself. It changed a lot of things for me. It made me, it made me see the world in a different way. Really, it sounds so dramatic, but it really did. And if you want to read it, I will really, really and deeply encourage you to do it. You will not regret it. Um, there's even two movies. Two movies have been made about the um, book. I haven't watched any because this is a book so sacred to me that I just don't want to see anything. Um, I've heard that the movies are not that good. Uh, maybe I'll give them a try one of these days. I've always been curious, but at the same time, I am very afraid of them destroying the idea that I have in my head. Um, so, you know, crazy reader stuff. But I really, really, really encourage you to read this book. I feel like you are gonna like it very much. It's very relevant. It's still in this moment. You can see how an old man changes his mind because of the love of the people surrounding him. It's a very, very powerful story and with the pen of Mario Benedetti, it's just perfect. It's a very short book, it's probably around 60,000 words. It's something you're gonna read within a week and it's gonna leave you with a very sweet aftertaste. I think that's how you say it. And um, if, uh, if you have read it already, maybe or maybe not uh maybe you have heard about the last notion of laura avellaneda so this is the letter that the book mentions at the end and this is a very powerful and deep letter that um laura avellaneda writes to martin santomé it's a letter that oh you just want to die when you read it it's just powerful it's very sensitive and it you can feel you can feel exactly what she's going through you can see the things she see and you can feel as much as she is feeling in that moment you transport you to a moment in the life of this character so decisive and so important it's just strikingly powerful that's all i can say so if you haven't read it, I'm not sure it's translated to English, but it probably is. If you uh, if you speak Spanish, then you can give it a look. Then you can give it a look, sorry. And I'm pretty sure if you give this book a try, you will not regret it. If you have read it, let me know what you think. If you share the love <laughs> I have for this book, um, I just want to know what you think. I I always love discussing books and characters and plots and again i i think that's all for today i've probably talked a lot today already and again i'm gonna thank you so much for spending your time here with me and i hope this episode uh is something that you liked it's something that you can enjoy i will get better at this podcasting thing i promise um, I am enjoying it so much so far. It's proven to be very challenging as well, but it's something that I want to continue with. And again, please consider to support me on my Patreon and follow me on Instagram and you can follow my blog as well. And thank you so much and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.